Hello, friends. This is Michael from Hannigan Media, and I am here in the courtroom of Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney, who um, actually got the chance to meet one of his big fans today. You bet. You bet. Great shout out to Season out there. Yeah, Season Johnson, my uh, sister-in-law, who dropped the, are you the Wade McKinney? I didn't know. I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know. I was like, "Uh oh, I'm fixing to get it now." Very, very sweet young lady. Yeah, she is. Very she sweet. Is. I, I love season. Um, and again, she is actually one of our regular listeners. So, uh, hey, season, you got a shout out on the podcast you with bet. the judge. You bet. Thanks right. for helping me today. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> so we have lots to do today. Lots to talk about today, and um, we're going to talk about um, some FEMA. Information coming out of Snowmageddon. Um, there's an interesting uh, connection between the county and the Crescent Heights water system, uh, where you guys are working with them a little bit and helping them out with a grant, um, which is interesting. Not that you're giving them the grant, let's make that clear, right. but helping them apply for a grant. Uh, and then we want to talk a little bit about the communication system, some additions to the communication system that everybody's been talking about for years, and we're closing in on having that uh, start up. So first, let's talk Snowmageddon. Back in February, um, uh, I know nobody remembers. I know. It kind of moves fast, doesn't kind it? kind of moves fast. Valentine's Day. But uh, it wasn't long ago. When uh, we were iced in for a week, all mm-hmm. the water in the county, it seemed like, froze up and was done. And um, there were a lot of real issues around the county. And now FEMA volunteers are actually going to be in the county to help people who are underinsured and not insured right. try to apply some, for some money. So tell us what's going on. Yeah, if you'll remember when all of that came in and we were having to deal with that, there was a um, attempt late in that week from FEMA. They were pushing information out to us. If you you may remember the term of the ISTAT, and um, if you don't remember, it's actually a um, damage portal that you can get on your phone you know, through an app that allows you to upload the information of damages you might have had into your property. And that the I stat stands for the I stands for individual because there's a P stat for public that your entities would use and an individual I stat that they would use. And what this does is it gets the information up to FEMA so that they can get an assessment of the overall damage that the community received. And incidentally, in that process, if your damage is not covered by insurance, there is a way of getting assistance in taking care of that damage. And that's basically what this is. We're moving from the digital push-out, which we did originally, to now individuals called VALS, Voluntary Agency Liaisons, will are coming into the county working with the library and some churches and things like that to get the assistance for getting these repairs uh, at least taken care of. So the first thing we want to mention is that um, none of this happens unless you have filed through the ISTAT. That's correct. 
and um, we will add the link to that in the show notes, in the story that comes with the podcast. You'll see it. It's also on the Henderson County Government Facebook page. You can find it there. You can also find it on henderson-county.com. And I, I can never remember if it's com or gov. Right. Uh, but you can get it there as well. Um, but we'll make sure that you can get the link. But remember, none of this, uh, the possibility even of help, can't even start until you do that. That's right. And that's part of what the vows are here to do is to assist individuals getting that process going. And incidentally, Henderson County has responded well just from the initial push out of the 14 county region. We've came in second in uh, what I would say as usage. We've had the second highest number of actual uh, reimbursements being made half a million dollars half a million dollars and we're behind only behind smith county in that and that was very very promising in that 20 percent met eligibility that signed up so there is some out there so there's money out there and i guess what we're talking about the, the first thing that comes to my mind if i remember you know during that time period People were having real issues with broken pipes. Exactly. And yeah, broken pipes and damage and water damage and whatever it is. Um, and a lot of times insurance isn't going to cover that kind of stuff. That's right. In many instances, if that special rider isn't in place, you have insurance, just not insurance that covers that type of damage. All right. So this is what we're talking about. They're going to be in town, in the in the county, starting next week. Um, and this is, this is, um, an opportunity for you to look, it's worth, if you had any kind of damage, it's mm-hmm. worth filing or, you know, filling out the form because, you know, you can't get anything if you don't file. Exactly. And it does give a better representation of the actual damage that occurred here. Okay. So now here's the one thing I'm going to say about all of this. And these are the kind of situations that um scam artists usually love they'll mm-hmm. find out that fema is going to be in an area or something like that and uh you know they're going the, the scammers are going to try to take advantage of that uh and they'll target people they'll make phone calls and, or whatever and try to scam you out of money so i'm going to make this say this number one if you're contacted by someone who says they're from fema and you're not sure, please contact the county. That's right. And anything that you get in an email or anything, there's a special QR code that goes along with the FEMA products and and information coming out. Be very careful and be very sure of who you're dealing with. Okay, number two, and I'm, I'm saying this without, without any, like, real background, but I know this, so... Any of these FEMA volunteers are not going to ask you for any of your financial information. That is correct. They are not going to ask you to go buy, you know, cards at Walmart and send them to them so that you can get your money. They're not going to tell you that you you can only get your money if you give them your routing information. Mm -hmm. Do not do any of that kind of stuff if anybody asks you anything like that. Double check, call the county, make sure that this is on the level or whatever, because that's those are red flags. However, it is true. FEMA will be in the county next week, 
there will be volunteers in the county working with our residents to help them try and get some of this money from that's available yes. if you're underinsured or not insured. That's correct. All right. Uh, and so we'll, again, we'll be putting this out there. Uh, but in case you, uh, want to write it down and you miss it or whatever, you can actually call FEMA at 833-336-2487 and get more information there. Or again, if you have some questions, don't hesitate to call. Find out. That's the legit number. It's 833-336-2487. There you go. All right. And uh, I hope I hope everybody's dug out by now. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, my biggest problem right now is it gets hot and then it gets cold, and then it gets hot and then it gets cold, and so it gets hot and all the stuff blooms, mm-hmm. and I start sneezing. Yes, and then it gets cold, and so the stuff stops blooming, and then it gets hot and it go the the, the plants go oh. It's time to bloom again, and it blooms again, and I end up sneezing again. My car is, for some reason, yellow. Yeah, we still have another month of this, back and forth, back and forth, and with the, the tree pollen, grass pollen, uh, it's springtime. Yeah, it's springtime yeah, in yeah. Texas. Yeah, in where you turn East on Texas. The, where you turn on the heat in the morning and the air conditioner in the <laughs> afternoon. Yes. I did, I did not know when I came here mm-hmm. that that was a thing. Well, you know, for for us that have been here a little while, there's that old saying of the of the Easter cold snap. Okay. There's always one that comes in right around ah. Easter, no matter where it lands. And it's, it's and, be about a week, and it's over. In a week, and it's over, and then and then right. it's about I don't know about seven days until summer hits. After that, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, my other favorite line is always, "If you don't like Texas weather, wait five minutes. It's right. going to change." Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh I spent three years in Fairbanks, Alaska. Yes. And um the uh they only have three seasons there. Mm-hmm. They have winter, break up, and then summer. And then summer. That's it. And and incidentally I've always wanted to ask this. Is the stories about the mosquitoes in Alaska? Real? I saw one carry off a small dog. <laughs> they are big. Yeah. Big. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Everything may be big. Uh, you know, Texas is bigger. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's move on. You guys, uh, and I say you guys, meaning the commissioner's court. Commissioner's court met Tuesday May, every morning. By the way, if you don't know. Uh, Commissioner's Court is broadcast live on YouTube every week, uh, every Tuesday morning. And, and if you can't catch up to it, you can go back and you can watch uh, your Commissioner's Court in action. This week, uh, you had quite a few things uh, dealing with Crescent Heights water. Mm-hmm. Tell us what's going on. Uh, Crescent Heights uh, came to the county asking for its assistance and helping to improve uh, the water system and availability. As as we continue to grow, those types of infrastructure demands are just going to follow, and they are trying to um, 
get ahead of the game. And there is a program out there that's called the Community Development Block Grants. And historically, Henderson County has reserved its participation in these block grants for our rural water corporations, which uh, Crescent Heights fits. And you'll, you'll see the county participate about every four years or so because if you take some time out of it, you know, your number score rises in it, and it really helps these water corporations gain that funding to increase and provide better service. And we are sponsoring them in this year's particular round. Okay, so for for those who are unfamiliar with this grant process, they are competitive grants. There they is are. only uh, uh, there is a limited amount of money, mm-hmm. and there are more. Um, entities asking for money, then there is money. Right. And so in order to select who should get the money, the best place to use the money, they score each grant application. And depending on, um, you know, the answers to questions and the information, the higher score, the more likely you are to get the grant. And so that's what you're talking about when Henderson County, because Henderson County does not say every single time, yeah, okay, we'll do this grant, we'll do that grant, we'll do this grant, we'll do that grant. You score higher when you actually do say we're back in this grant. That's right. And we have, over the last number of years, um, the last two decades, sponsored three or four of these previously and have been successful each time by following that process. And these grants are able to be used for many other purposes besides water, but we really feel that that is really the best use for it. And so we reserve those for these local water development corporations. All right, and so we're talking about significant amount of money here, $350,000 for Crescent Heights, um, and the match would be just 17500 So you're talking about $323,000 you know, right. worth, no, $333,000 <laughs> worth of grant money um, that can go into this infrastructure. And one of the things I... I I'd like your take on and and talk about is just what the cost of this kind of infrastructure, I mean, what the cost is astronomical to improve these infrastructures. It is. And you look, um, two of these massive um, infrastructure developments in the last 10 years, um, East Cedar Creek went through one that erected a new tower there on the eastern eastern side of Gun Barrel, plus what Athens has done over the last five or six years with its water supply. Uh, It is very expensive. And when you, when you looking at getting quality, dependable service, it takes that investment that is often beyond the means of being able to budget it every year. So these grant opportunities are there so that you can have this capital improvement of equipment. Uh, it is a daunting task when you look at a growing population and a, a growing demand on water here the statewide. As, as the state grows, it has been in the news quite a bit of the demands on the water system. So you're looking at not only funding but uh, availability of the resource, and thank God we live in a place where we have 
quite a bit of water resource. Yeah, we're actually very we're very blessed. The mm-hmm. aquifer is I relatively mean, right, shallow. Shallow here, right. it's strong here, yeah. where we can tap into it. You have um, so so that's a really positive thing. In in you know, you look at the fact that Tarrant County had to dig Cedar Creek Lake. Mm-hmm. In order to try to bring water up to Tarrant County, I don't know. It, there may be some people who don't know that, but the reason Cedar Creek Lake is there, Cedar Creek Lake is man-made. It was right. dug and to fill up to provide water to Tarrant County. That's right, Dallas. Dallas County's involvement in Lake Palestine. That's right, and you know? not long ago, I uh, know you dealt with the water pipeline that's right, coming the, up through Henderson County from Lake Palestine. That's right, the IPL pipeline, which um, will join actually join Lake Palestine, um, Cedar Creek Lake, and Richland Chambers, which is also, which is another, also lake another one that yep. are meant as water source reservoirs for Dallas Fort Worth area. And as our um, communities grow, as our state grows, that demand for water is going to only continue to grow as well. Right. And so we're talking about you got to dig. When we're talking about the aquifer, you're talking mm-hmm. about digging wells, bring it up. You got to process it. You got to store it. You got to. Mm-hmm. Then once it's stored, you got to push it out. I don't know how many people understand that the reason there was water towers up there like that is not so that we can put our fancy name on it. Right. It's because. <laughs> By lifting it up like that, you add water pressure to the system, and the water pressure helps push the water through the pipes. That's right. That's when you open the valve. That's what makes. That's it run. what makes it go. That extra pressure, and there's so much that goes into this. I remember when the city of Athens went through; um, they rehabbed all of their tanks. They mm-hmm. have elevated tanks, and they have ground storage tanks. I think they have like eight of them. Right. Uh, and the rehabilitation. Per tank was between two hundred and fifty thousand and three hundred and fifty thousand per tank. Right for eight tanks, you're talking about like you said years. It's a years long process. It is. Um, and so the ability to get a grant like this mm-hmm. for a, some of our rural water systems. Because, look, these rural water systems don't have that much money. They don't. I mean, You're that's exactly their cooperatives. Right. They're not – they don't have a whole lot of money. Um, and so this is really a valuable thing. It is. And it can be used for, like I said, building a tower, increasing the line size, or even drilling new wells, you know, creating that extra source. It's a fantastic program, and, and we are really, really um, glad to be to able to assist them. Yeah, at some point you have to change out the pipe in the ground. Yes, sometimes. Unfortunately, it doesn't last forever. (laughs) That's right. And sometimes somebody likes to dig them up. That happens as well. That happens (laughs) as well. I remember uh, we had the the one year, one summer, when we were really having troubles, poor Kemp. Oh, yes. Like, their their pipes were... That's right. Ancient. Ancient and and shattering in the ground. And they they were like doing water at the city hall. I think so. Come and pick it up. They had to run a a new pipeline to a new source to to help get that moving. It was was a difficult time for them. So water is one of those things we learned during Snowmageddon. Reminded us of it. Yeah, exactly (laughs) how um, convenient it is to turn on a spigot and how much we don't think about it that's right so all right let's move on uh last thing i want to talk about today um really important is the communication system now we've talked about this several times in the past 
uh, and I talk about it often with um, Sheriff Hillhouse. The new uh, 911, not 911, the new communication system for first responders, mm-hmm. for fire departments, police departments, and it's going to be for a whole lot of other things as well. Uh, new digital system, you've been putting it together for, um, you've been talking about it for years. <clears throat> yes. Um, last year or so, been putting it together. It was originally a $4.5 million plan. But you guys made some improvements, mm-hmm. increased the scope of the project a little bit. Tell us about those improvements. It added $1.8 million to the project. Tell us about those improvements, why you did it, and, and what's going to happen. When we originally started, we signed a contract back in June of 19. Now, that was the actual, okay, this is what we're going to do point. Uh, not taking into account the previous discussions for years. So if you drive a stake in the ground on uh, in June of 19, that is when the county had selected L3 Harris to provide the P25 system, which encompassed four tower locations. And you had one centrally in Athens. We had one on the west side and two on the east side. Two of those four towers were owned by entities that um, the county works with and was at no charge, but the other two towers were considered to be lease towers. And what that was forecasting was going to add an additional $100,000 a year worth of lease onto the county budget that we'd have to handle. Well, once you, we began to investigate the cost of leasing, Versus the benefit of owning, it became very apparent that when you compare the longevity of our previous system, which was about 45 years, to how long this system would be up, it became much more cost effective to own our own towers in the long run. So we shifted sites and we shifted thought processes on owning towers, which brought us a immediate long-term savings. Within 14 years, I believe it was like we were projected to spend $1.4 million dollars on leases alone so we were able to save that by doing this the additional thing that went along with this foresight system was is that we had what is called a spur this system interlocks and since it is computers and networks you need redundancy in the system so that if you lose a location the rest of the system stays up so one of the added benefits of it well even with four towers we still had a leg that was hanging out there where you could have that and that if we would have lost that western tower we would have lost half the county's communication so what we began to look at as far as expanding the system was to investigate how we could get a fifth tower so we would complete an actual ring that would bring some redundancy to the coverage and we added that in in this process it was uh, about in total cost equipment tower building costs and all that about an additional million dollars in that of which we were actually able to get 500,000 of that million funded through a statewide grant in the cog so let me make sure. Let me make sure. I just want to make sure that we understand exactly where the money was and everything. Because mm-hmm. so we had two towers that would have been leased, right? Out of four towers total. Yes. Took an additional. I think it was eight hundred and forty-one thousand, mm-hmm. which took the leases out. 
Exactly. So now we don't have to worry about leases anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, then another million dollars added a fifth tower, okay, which is owned by the county. By the county. And the nice thing about that is half of that ended up being grant money. So yes. even though it's a million dollars, it's only $500,000 to the county. But that's where the new money, so we went from $4.5 million for the entire project to $6.3 million for the entire project, not counting a half a million dollar grant. Mm-hmm. But now we have five towers instead of four. We have redundancy. If one of the towers goes down, we won't lose coverage around the county. Plus, the county owns its own towers, so that means no year-to-year lease payments, you know, because I'm sure those payments would have stayed the same amount 20 years from now. They're not going to go up. (laughs) Right. But even if you don't go up, if you're paying $100,000 a year in lease and it took $800,000 to buy them, uh, my math says that after eight years, you're paying for yourself. Exactly. So. And like you said, the last time we did this, it lasted 40 years, 45 years. So we should be able to get our money back with that. The other thing that's really interesting to me about this is that you own the tower. That's right. Now you have a resource. That communication system is not the only thing you can hang on that tower. That is correct. You know, there are limitations involved when you are government entering into any type of private um, business ideas, but it does give the county options as to of having assets in place for future growth in the county for things other than your this communication system. Because tower space and infrastructure, as we were speaking with water, is so very precious and so very in short supply in many areas. So um, we have a lot of high hopes for future capabilities and uses of these towers. So we, uh, um, and we've spoken quite a bit about infrastructure in this particular podcast, but, you know, when we think infrastructure, most of the time, I think the average person thinks bridges, roads, water, mm-hmm. sewer. Right. I think we have come to a time when it's very, very important that we consider communications infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And those towers, which um, will also allow, hopefully, maybe in the future, other services, cells, cells, um, internet, internet, you bet. whatever, just opens up possibilities for the county. The other thing is, um, I I understand that surrounding counties are already clamoring to get connected to the system. That is one of the added benefits of going the route that the county did with the L3 Harris system is because we have the capability to act as a hosting facility, whereas since we own the cores that the system operates on, that we can assist the surrounding counties. And I, I go back to doing as, you know, everyone's accustomed to the cloud and software as a service. Well, communications can be provided as a software as a service for at a lesser cost for other entities in this case. And we are, um, we had this in mind when we moved forward of not only having that communication capability here, but how we could also be a hub for the region to help with this and find a way to offset 
our maintenance costs that we have every year. So we'll just let the entrepreneurs in the audience think about the possibilities oh, when it comes to that. Uh, but yeah, you and I have spoken before about um, you know when you got when you made the very when you made the initial decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was an option to let somebody else provide this digital right. communication system to the county as a service. Um, but that was going to run half a million a year. Exactly. Yeah. Um, with no way of recouping that. Cost. Yeah. With, yeah. It's yeah. like renting instead of owning. Exactly. And so, yeah, this, this new communication system gives, you know, besides all of the positive that's going to be in where you have better coverage and people will mm-hmm. be able to talk to each other and we have all the extra radios because it's Office digital and it's not over air. Right. And, and, you know, the sheriff will tell me every time we talk about it, this will save lives. It There's will. no doubt about it. This will save lives. And we're going to bring in all of the fire departments and the VFDs over the next couple of years. It'll take, right. I know, but all will be under. Well, and that, that's very important because we have these volunteer fire departments that yeah. are much like the rural water corporations. Money is tight. Sure. Resources are tight. Um, in this pro, in this project, we provided, will provide the, um, fire departments with pagers for immediate call out. We also sponsored them, um, with a grant that's currently in, that's going after a grant through FEMA for almost a million dollars to outfit their equipment in these departments. So, sure. uh, there's been a lot of moving parts in several different directions on this to get it to here. And it's really a shout out to all the, the county organization because there's been multiple departments working on it. All of the cities. The entities, sure. the fire, I mean, this has truly been, even the colleges involved, schools are involved because of this emergency communication capability. And so it's really satisfying and gratifying to me to turn around and see just how the entire county yeah. has worked to make this happen. This, this communication system is a BDD. It's a big dang deal. It is. It, it is. really is. Um, and... There is hope that um, the on switch will be flicked sometime within the next month. Yes, uh, it got held. <clears throat> Excuse me. We were so we were doing so well through the line there, and of course, getting through COVID and even the ice storm. I was going to say you had you had COVID issues. You had snowmageddon. Yeah. There was a few things that may have pushed it back just a little bit. But um, yeah, I know that the uh, sheriff said that. Things are going well. Some of the test mm-hmm. tests have gone very, very well. The cores are talking they're, to each they're other. They're talking to each other. That's and everything right. is going the way it's supposed to. So, yeah, we're really excited sometime in the next three to four weeks to be turning on the new communication system. Yes, sir. Boy, that – and that, that was – and well, that's been a long time coming. Oh, it has. When you think, like I said, our VHF system has been in place for 40-plus years. Sure. And in actuality, I mean, it was not adequate even in its day to get coverage everywhere. Right. Um, this is a huge jump, and we still have a lot of work to go because we still have – 
trainings, not only for oh, yeah. internally, but all of the entities that are on it. We have installation of equipment. We have programming of this equipment. This is going to be a long onboarding process. It, it will, we will be talking about this at the end of summer, eventually of us saying, hey, yeah, we're we, going we to got, phase two now. Yeah, yeah, we got to this point. <laughs> right. You know, now we're going to go here. Yeah, this is going to so, be, this is going to be a rollout that's going to take a while. Yeah. However, turning on the switch, this is a culmination of five or six years worth of work. Cause you said June 2019, right. but man, there were years of meetings and committee meetings mm-hmm. and research and how are we going to do it and what's the best way to do it and exactly. all of that beforehand and how to do it without going in debt. And that's what we are so proud of as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think the, uh, the taxpayers are, are, many of them are very happy to hear that. All right. So we're going to close this up. Thank you very much. Okay. So tomorrow mm-hmm. is April 1st. Yes, it is. Okay. So are you, are you one of those people who do like April Fool's Day type stuff? I used to. You used I to. used to. But um, about 10 years, 12 years ago, I met a guy whose birthday was on April the 1st. And, um, I kind of got away from doing that. Yeah. And you'll be surprised to know who that was. Who? Former Commissioner King Giesler. That old, that, yeah. That was his birthday. All right. So, but yes, yeah, so we ha- we have a little fun a little bit every now and then, but I uh, always, I remember Ken on that day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we should change it to April Cool's Day. There you go. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I think we should all um, dress like Fonzie and uh, come into there you go <laughs> on Thursday and, there you and go. it'll be April Cool's Day uh, for those of you who just asked yourself who's Fonzie yes oh gosh I'm old <laughs> Arthur Fonzarelli that's right <laughs> I like it I like it there you go the Fonz Arthur do some, Fonzarelli do yes. some happy days trivia yeah yeah remember Richie's mom was the only one that ever got away with calling him Arthur that's true yeah that's true I didn't think of that yeah so, okay. all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Um, and of course, we went off the rails at the end, like we always do. Judge, thank you very much for uh, letting us in for a few minutes to see what's going in on in our county government. As I say, people, I'm going to say it again. What's happening at the county level, the city level, and at your school board has so much more impact on your life than what's going on in Washington. Please spend less time worrying about calling the other side a name uh, in Facebook because you don't like certain politics and find out what's going on with your water system or Mm -hmm. what's going on with your local taxes or what your local representative is doing because they impact your lives way more. Judge, thank you, and we'll see you next week. Amen. Thank you.